it's all very well talking about being real, showing up real, having authentic conversations online and offline, but hey, could we do with a few tips on how? Yes, we could. Hello, I'm Trisha Lewis. This is the Make It Real podcast, and I will be talking to very real people who've had very real experience, mistakes and everything, and they will be giving you those tips. So, stay tuned. So, hello, Rebecca. Hello. How lovely. Now, Rebecca and I know each other. We're living kind of down the road from each other, and we're part of a... a, I was going to say cult, but it's not, is it? (laughs) No, not a cult. I don't think so. (laughs) No, it's a community called You Are The Media and that's that's how we met and um, it's full of all sorts of fascinating people and Rebecca is is right up the top of that list. So this is going to be fascinating because it's all about writing and we talk quite a lot about all sorts of marketing-y things and videos and all sorts but maybe don't give enough attention to this wonderful thing called writing and words and stuff, um, which is another really good way of building relationships with people. Um, So Rebecca is a copywriter, editor, and writing trainer. Rebecca, that's what it says on your LinkedIn profile, but you might want to put it differently. Um, Well, I do need to update my LinkedIn profile. That is true. (laughs) But I am a copywriter and editor and I do do some writing training although that's not really my bread and butter um I only do bespoke writing training so I design all the sessions according to what the client wants so they're pretty time consuming so I don't do too many of them um but yes I've got my own copywriting company called message lab communications and I've been doing that for about seven years or I think I might be into my eighth year so did you um did you come out of the womb holding a pad and a pencil and you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah I was always as a kid I was always drawing or writing or preferably both um but yes I won my first writing competition when I was seven I think with a story about a runner bean family have you still got it um I do have it somewhere (laughs) (laughs) and it was really embarrassing because I went to this awards ceremony it was like a county competition in Surrey and all the other winners were like teenagers for the different categories so I was like this geeky little seven-year-old with a story about runner beans and there were all these cool teenagers with really cool poetry and stuff and I remember being very embarrassed <laughs> oh that's so perfect oh brilliant so it really was kind of in your blood actually that that's interesting and so and so at school and stuff you were quite into English I guess yes I was always um I was hopeless at maths and science and I was sort of all right at other subjects maths and science no no go no hope yeah. um but yeah art and English were always my strong subjects that I didn't even really have to try very hard in, to be honest. Yeah. Snap. Yeah. <laughs> actually, because I, I grew up in Surrey, um, as did you. And and in fact, we were just chatting before I pressed record um, that you had a dabble in 
uh, art course by doing a foundation art and design thing at Surrey thing. Yeah. Now yeah. it's been renamed, but it was also in Farnham as well as Chertsey or wherever you, Epsom. Uh, Epsom, I was there. Yeah. yeah. And, and I also did a foundation, um, uh, I was going to say foundation year at Farnham um, Art School, but it was a foundation, I think it was three months I lasted. Oh, um, really? Yeah, quite dramatic. But you said yourself, it just kind of slightly put you off art. It wasn't, and, and I had the same thing going on. So, but that doesn't mean to say we both don't still love art because we do. So mm. interesting. But I, you, found it a bit, I found it a bit prescriptive because yeah. I was trying to sort of, um, I was trying to try out a lot of different stuff and I was just trying to find my style. And I quickly cottoned on to the fact like if I did what I wanted to do, I remember one tutor saying to me, why are you wasting your time doing crap like this? And I was like, oh, okay. And then I did some awful video project. Awful. And he said, oh gosh, this is the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and so I sort of quickly learned how you could get top marks, but I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't, you know, I didn't believe in what I was doing really. And that, of course, is a theme that we will return to in a minute. Because, I, and you know what? I could, honestly, it, we're like sisters. That I mean, this was exactly the same thing that happened to me at art school. We must have this conversation when we next meet because uh, yeah. we'll have a few funny stories to tell. Um, but yeah, fine, yeah, being really, yeah, that pretentious thing um, mm. was like all over the shop in the seventies when I was at art school and. Like you said, I didn't feel it. And this is what we'll come on to in a minute because we all know that sense of when you write a blog or something and you're about to press post and you're thinking, oh, geez, this, is, this isn't me. I don't know what is going on. I'm just doing this because I've saw someone else's blog and it looked good. Anyway, just getting to that bit of what you now do, you did a MA in creative writing, didn't you? At, um, I did. Was it Royal Holloway? Royal Holloway, yeah. I was working there at the time as well. So I was doing, I actually did a full-time job in four days and then did my MA on the fifth day, which was pretty tough, but yeah, it was good. You, you did it, fantastic. Um, and so here you are now with two lovely little boys and family and everything. Um, and you've managed to create this um, business and doing something you love, isn't that perfect? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I thank my lucky stars that I'm actually, I don't know what else I could do, to be honest. I was talking to someone about this the other day, saying if I wasn't a writer, what would I do? And I can't think of anything that I'm good at. It's just, I fell into writing very luckily. And yeah, I love it. It's amazing. Every time I put in an invoice, I think I can't believe I'm getting paid to do something yeah. I love. So yeah and, and it is that is that is the loveliest place to to work towards and mm. one of the ways that uh we grow our businesses is is trying to develop those writing skills because it's all very well we've got all this flashy video stuff and and instagrammy pictures flashing in our face and everything but people do still like to read things don't they mm. Uh, yeah I believe yeah. they do and I think there's a lot of talk about um you know we're sort of saturated with information at the moment so some people argue you know you should 
pare your communications down and but I think people really appreciate I mean I sometimes send out um letters to people proper letters and that's the sort of thing I mean how often do you get a proper letter with your name handwritten on the envelope and a letter you know that hasn't been mass produced and just copied and pasted but yeah. a letter just for you I think that's something that's still really special I I I, I think absolutely and there might be a slight backlash as well don't you think that people that people i think there already is you can sort of feel it in the air a bit with with younger people some of whom are beginning to think oh do i really want to be a slave to mm. so much of the stuff i'm a slave to but yeah it, it, that's that's a whole nother discussion but the written word is still has to have its place and in a way, I think it's sad when you get things which sort of say one minute read, 30 second read, or, mm. or here's a quick, you know, two second praise. Don't, don't worry reading the rest. I mean, for goodness sakes. Mm. That, must, yeah. that must annoy you. Yeah, I think, like we were saying, a lot of people say they don't have time to invest in reading something. And so those labels are there to, you know, they're for the time starved but I think everyone can you know if you don't have to read like everything but you could just spend 20 minutes reading something lovely each day I think it's probably better than reading a lot of little bits and pieces yeah, yeah absolutely I I um I always blabber on about um a thing called brain pickings Maria Pop and I get that into my inbox um twice a week and it and she just sort of picks out little bits and you can then delve further or not according to how much time you've got it's like a bit of a rabbit hole you can go down but yeah. but but the quality of the stuff that she gives you even in those few sentences is beautiful and mm-hmm. and that's the thing is it doesn't you can still do quality you don't have to um there are two things I, I mentioned that and I'll mention this book that you Rebecca sent me towards which is I will put a, a link to it Anne Lamott bird by bird and author of um traveling mercies as well but some instructions on writing and life but you were just saying about you know how the sort of pleasure of some nicely put together words and and I think the thing that she does so well is paint. She paints pictures really well, doesn't she? Mm, yeah, and that was, yeah, yeah. That book came recommended to me, and it was really—it's one of the best books I've ever read. And I expected it to be all about writing, but as the title suggests, it is really about more than that. Um, it's amazing. <laughs> I can't recommend that enough. No, She's I, I agree. She is, and and I think it's. I think the reason I mention it is if people say, "Well, that's horrible. I haven't got time." Jesus, I haven't got time to write a blog, let alone read a book. But it's like it gets you into another sort of level in your thinking because you think actually this is worth spending some time with, and maybe maybe I'm forgetting that I've got some really interesting stories that I can weave into. So these blog things don't have to be dry and boring about just about business or some mm. data or some headline that you've picked up. You, yeah, they can be, but well, you you give us some clues. Um, by the way, is it Rebecca or Becca? Um, it's well, usually. <laughs> well, <laughs> 
That was Weirdly, a difficult question. I know, it should be easy, shouldn't it? And in fact, most people call me Rachel for some reason. <laughs> I don't know what that is about. But um, I asked another Rebecca if she got called Rachel a lot. And she said, yes, I do, I do. <laughs> um, yeah, most of my friends call me Becca, and okay. most of my work contacts call me Rebecca. Oh, I'm going to call you Becca then, because I'm not my friend. As long as it's not Becky, I'm happy. So. Oh, oh, good. Oh, Thank yeah. you for that. So, Becca, how does somebody... Right, so that I'm imagining, I'm going to be devil's advocate now, so I'm imagining a listener there thinking, I am, they're thinking this. I'm really useless at writing. I can't write. I, it's just not my thing. I, I can't put two words together that sound anything like remotely beautiful. Um, and and also, I even if I try, I, I wrap it on and then there's there's no structure to it. And I, I look at this blog post and think, oh, gee, nobody's going to want to read that. So wh- where do they start? Well, I think the best way to start is to actually start writing because you can talk yourself out, talk yourself out of it. Um, if you've got all those negative thoughts, you're not going to really, the hardest bit is getting started. So I would suggest just blurting it all out, getting it down. And then um, I think, I can't remember who said it, but they're basically the first draft of it. Anything is shit. <laughs> Am I allowed to say shit? Yeah, you are. You are yeah. Yeah, you can say it again if you like. Shit, bleep me, no. bleep me out. <laughs> Shitty shit, shit. No, okay, I think it's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, so getting the first draft down is the hard bit. Um, then it's all about the editing, really. And there are a lot of tools out there to help you. So if you're not confident about your spelling or grammar or how something reads, you've got all of those um, tools at your fingertips now. So, I mean, anyone can write. If you can think, you can write. And, yeah, the hardest bit is definitely getting started, getting it down. And then I use, you can use all sorts of readability tools to help you. Um, it'll show you where you're going wrong or where you can improve your writing. I mean, I think I always recommend the Hemingway app. Um, will you put a link to these things? Or mm, yeah, yeah. The Hemingway app is something where you can... Um, copy and paste your writing into their editor um, and it highlights all the bits that could be improved so things like um, too many adjectives passive voice and the thing is if you don't know about all these things that will help you to learn and it will ultimately make your writing stronger so you don't have to use it forever but just to while you're improving and sort of teach you how to strengthen your writing yeah and you're right you you learn i mean so it's not the people seem to there are certain things like singing art drama or or various public speaking where people seem to think that somebody's just literally just walked into that space and they're brilliant and Mm -hmm. and actually the truth is they've learned you know they've just practiced gone out done it got better yeah. Uh, if I look back at the first shitty takes um, of me acting, I think, oh, geez, that's embarrassing. You know, mm. but I mean, then you learn and you keep learning yeah. and you keep learning. So I think that's a, a good nudge to, for people to stop the negative thinking and think of it not as some sort of ethereal, you know, writer in the turret mystery thing. It just, mm. you know, this is fine. We can all do this. You just yeah. give it a go and 
get better and use these tools yeah. to help. But, but then I suppose the next problem, the next barrier is, um, and particularly people listening to this podcast who are keen to, 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 to express themselves in their own way. So just like you were saying about art school and you finding this prescriptive, you know, and you're, you're there thinking, gee, well, this isn't me. And I, oh, I see. If I play it like that, I get gold stars. Do I? All right, then I'll do it like that and play the game. <laughs> and, you know, and we, and, and we don't like that, us, mm. us people. Um, we just don't like feeling like that. We want to feel that it is our voice. And yet there's an awful lot of pressure you know how to write a blog in in three easy steps you know oh template template this and that and before we know what's happened where, where are we in any of this so mm. what's the starting point and of course we've got to also figure out who we're writing for haven't we yeah I think that's probably the well that is the main starting point and a lot of people when they feel like they're sort of lost and they don't know where they're going with it quite often they might not even be thinking about why they're writing the blog in the first place. Like you said, there is pressure from others or they think, oh, well, they're doing it, so we have to do it. But the main point is you have to have a purpose before you get started and you have to know, have a really good understanding of who your audience is and why they would want to read it. So it's basically not about you as the writer. It shouldn't be about you at all. It's about your audience. So if you're doing it for your own reasons, then, well, I mean, if we're talking about business blogs, I mean, mm. obviously people have their own personal blogs that sure. are just for them. But yeah, you need to have a really strong starting point, a really strong reason for doing it, and then a very good understanding of your audience. And then you're sort of the voice. I think it's not something you necessarily get straight away. Like we were saying, it develops over time. And the more you practice, the more you'll find that voice naturally. And um, depends who you're writing for as well. If you're writing for on behalf of a company, you probably have to, you know, you have to sort of stick within their brand guidelines, which might not be your natural voice. Um, yeah, there's a lot of considerations, but ultimately it's just about practice 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 and i suppose if you i suppose this comes down again to the sort of um congruence that's quite a big word i know that's a very lovely word (laughs) thank you i like it i like it yeah congruence (laughs) the congruence between what you're doing and those people that you're trying to engage because actually the more congruent you your business and the people you're trying to engage are then actually the more your voice will be in that and mm-hmm. I you know and, and if it is your own business um, uh, particularly if it is just you uh, then that hopefully is the situation you're in and actually maybe if you keep feeling a sort of disconnect in everything you're writing about and the way maybe that's a sign that actually you're not quite putting yourself out there in the right way and you're not actually necessarily going towards the people that that will be your ideal clients anyway yeah that's true and I think of course language changes over time as well and I think I've noticed that um since I started writing 
like business writing has generally become a lot more informal. And I don't think it's just the types of businesses I'm working for. I think there's been a general shift away from stuffy corporate language to much more informal, personal. You sort of write as if you're talking to a person. Um, so there's all of that to think about as well. You know, it's not language evolves and our business writing evolves. I remember writing um, for companies sort of 10 years ago and it was all quite formal and uh, all written in third person and, mm. you know, it's completely changed now. I don't think it's just my style that's changed. I think a well, lot no, of... I mean, we, we used to write letters, you know, dear sir and yours sincerely and all sorts mm. of weird things like that that younger people would think, the heck yeah. um, which brings us on to was it you that came up with this um, that I read cutting the crap and waffle did, did you write a blog or something on that or I'm sure I quoted this from something I read that you'd written cutting I, the, I love it anyway I, I, I'll, I'll claim it <laughs> I'll claim it cutting the crap and waffle I mean it's it could be a cookery program but I don't think <laughs> I just think it's, this is the thing, you were talking about buzzwords and jargon and um, and how that isn't expected in today's sort of business writing. Um, mm. You know, so, so, uh, so somebody's written a thing and now they're gonna go, what, what do you recommend they do before they press post? Um. Well, most of the time with my clients, if they send me something they've done and say, like the other day I was writing a website, I won't say who for, <laughs> but um, the first thing I did was cut the copy by about a third. Yeah. No, sorry, I cut it down to a third. I chopped, you know, I chopped most of it out, basically. Yeah. It was yeah. just saying the same thing over and over in different ways. Yeah. And there was way too much information there people want they want something that's clear and concise and engaging and you can't get that if you've just got loads and loads of crap and waffle yeah um, yeah so yeah. It's, it's a real yeah I've forgotten about websites that's another great example I mean I mean they all all of these things blogs websites all the copy your profile um little biogs anything the same rules apply really don't they yeah definitely they should be sort of clear to the point. And I think um, I do a lot of work for sort of um, simplifying really complicated messages. So a lot of work for universities or scientific institutions. And they, that's always really difficult because the academics are sort of thinking, I don't want you to dumb down my research, but the way that they currently present it, no one's going to read it. Um, and it actually makes your message much stronger if you can write it in a short space of, you know, write it in fewer words. They're so really clear to the point. It's yeah. much more readable. So Yeah, absolutely. Um, Less is more. And you don't have to use big fancy words either, do you? You don't have to, no. No. And um, yeah, that's probably my favourite bit of the job is simplifying stuff i love turning something that's really complicated and incomprehensible half the time to be yes. honest yeah um, turning it into something really easy to read 
I did a job where I had to write a hundred profiles of scientists and they were currently about, I don't know, they were about, oh, over a thousand words long yeah. and I had to cut them down to 200 words. And these are like Nobel winning scientists. So I had to sort of do a tiny brief bio and I love work like that, sort of researching what they've done and the highlights of their career and summarizing it in a really succinct easy to read passage so oh that that's bliss i i'd love that too <laughs> oh yes i want your job now um, <laughs> but i i yeah absolutely i um i did help when i was at uni um i did some voluntary work with relate and oh. i helped them rewrite their uh, brochures and that was again a ma- well it was two things it was it was pulling it down in terms of number of words but it was it was talking like a real human being was what mm-hmm. was needed because of the people mm-hmm. that were going to be reading it they you know yeah. they didn't need anything fancy or formal or too clever it just needed to sound like a real human being um and they needed to be able to navigate through clearly oh this is now what we're talking about okay got it this is what we yeah mm. love it love and it. quite often when when you work for a company like a tech company for example they don't even know they're using jargon they don't know you know they're so ingrained in that world that they don't even know what's jargon and what's not so it's quite good to come to it as someone a complete fresh pair of eyes and I look at it and sort of go that doesn't make any sense what's this abbreviation mean and I sort of make sense of it from a lay person's point of view yeah yeah if you're in an industry been in it for 20 years you don't know what's you you just you know I worked at a university and we talked in complete university jargon I didn't have a clue what they were talking about when I started <laughs> no absolutely no I, I I get that totally yeah so the curse of knowledge thing so get get a fresh if it's if you ideally go to someone like Becca but if not at least get a fresh pair of eyes maybe to look at your stuff and feed that back just like you would yeah. with a else like a performance or a video or anything you know does this make sense what it, am i coming well you know that's objectivity it's absolutely crucial in all of this because you get so far inside your own head and you end up getting really bored with the stuff that you write and you think oh god no everyone bored. and then maybe maybe not maybe it's just you because you're very familiar with it or um you think you've been over simple and actually no uh, it's it's nice and clear but to you you're thinking well it's a bit basic isn't it but mm. again who are you writing for why are you doing it um get out of your own head um all of those things but then the other side of it also maybe do go in search of some of your stories depending on who you're writing for because you know sometimes just those tiny little painted pictures of something that people will really resonate with yeah that can yeah yeah that can really make something come to life that really well like we were saying about Anne Lamott yeah um, yeah that brings things to life doesn't it and really really you get so engaged and yeah I love those little details yeah so this is so I I think this should inspire people to stop going around in that negative oh I'm not a writer thing um, and just start doing it and um, even if at first they don't necessarily need to post stuff but you know just give it a go show it to friends use some of these apps um, that I'm going to put the links in for 
uh, to help um, uh, read read that book we've just mentioned to inspire you and just generally get on with it. I would say, wouldn't you? Yes, I would say exactly that. And also, have you read um, have you read any books by Dave Trott? I don't think so. Familiar. Go on. Well, he he writes in the most i mean his style not everyone likes it actually because it's really simple like tiny short sentences just a thought per sentence really short really snappy um but i love his style and yeah. it's just basically his thoughts it's like he's talking you know yeah it's the really 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 lovely simple style yeah so yeah i'd recommend reading oh, anything by him as well he's brilliant and I think that's the thing is read, 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 pick up bits of stuff from newspapers or whatever it is. Um, find favorite writers in newspapers or, you know, the brain picking thing I mentioned, whatever it is, just keep reading stuff. And it doesn't ultimately mean that you're then going to copy that stuff. It just means you're going to start getting says, oh, yeah, this rings. This kind of is, mm. it's kind of me, this kind of feeling I'm engaging with this. And if you, if you are your ideal client, um, then you're kind of halfway there, kind of figuring out, you know, that, that this is the kind of way to go. Um, and don't worry that you're then going to copy. Because I think that is a fear, isn't it? You think, oh, I'm going to read all this stuff and then I'm just going to end up copying everybody. And that, there's nothing original on planet Earth, is there? I mean, let's face yeah. it, we're not going to reinvent the wheel here. No. And I think helping, I think you by reading a lot and understanding why you like it, what you like about it, and sort of analysing what you like about it, that helps you find your authentic voice. If you were decorating your house, you wouldn't, you know, just slap a colour on the wall, you'd sort of do some research first. And I think it's the same with writing. Yeah, the more you read, the more you learn, the more you can analyse why you like something, whether it's humour or like a personal tone of voice or you know it might be someone who writes in a really warm way yeah I think all those things really help you with your own writing yeah oh that's a perfect place to finish this chat Becca because I love that that's really yeah that's really nice and gentle and that's the, that's how you are actually as well in person <laughs> I would never believe you had two young kids you always look so calm um <laughs> Um, but thank you. Days half the time now, <laughs> sleep deprived. I'm just staring like a zombie. <laughs> it could be that. Just, <laughs> maybe that's what it is. Just this beautiful taste kind of. It's quite relaxing. I really enjoy <laughs> talking to you. Um, so, listeners, you can all go and put your feet up now and just chill out with a good book. And um, is, I mean, generally, in in terms of getting to know you more, where would they go to your website? Yeah, I've got a website, a new website actually, but it's lagcoms.co.uk. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, Rebecca Pearl. Um, oh, shall I give my workshop a little plug that I'm doing oh, for you? Other do. Please do. So, yeah. Oh, I don't know the details. Anyway, in July, I think it's July the 30th, I'm going to be doing a workshop um, on behalf of You Are the Media. And it's a workshop on persuasive writing. So if anyone wants more information about that, if you go to the You Are The Media website and it's on there. Yes. So I'll be talking a lot about how to write persuasively. I like that. That's nice. 
Um, yeah, they definitely message. Do you say messagelabs.com? No, message lab comms. Sorry, because you broke you broke up slightly. Message lab comms. Messagelabcoms.co.uk. Brand new website for the new year. Yeah. Yeah, cool. And uh, workshop coming out in July and uh, LinkedIn, Rebecca Pearl, P-E-R-L. You'll be given all these links anyway uh, on my website when this uh, episode is out. So um, that's that's it. Well, it's just great, isn't it? Um, Brilliant. Well, I hope I hope everyone is still with us. <laughs> And if you are, congratulations, happy new year. Yeah, happy new year. Happy new year. Oh, no, no, you've dated it now, Rebecca. Oh, please. No. Oh, we didn't say which year. Yeah. Any year. Happy every year. Yeah. Happy new year every year, every happy day. Every day. Oh, I love that. Thank you. Thanks, no Rebecca. worries. Oh. And I'll see you soon. Oh. Yes! Take action. Try this one small step. Rebecca suggested dedicating 20 minutes a day to reading something beautiful, or at least do it once a week, and start just blurting stuff out onto paper or on your screen. It doesn't have to be posted or published to begin with, but just have some fun and use those tools and stop saying that you can't write, because you can. lot of fascinating stuff. You might need some show notes, so head over to trishalewis.com forward slash make it real podcast and subscribe because then you'll know when the next episode is available. I give you permission to go out and be real and enjoy it. Look forward to the next episode. Never be real.